It's the RK3 Show, episode 96. Ah, and the countdown officially begins. Five more episodes before we reach 100. Let's do it. Talking about leadership communication, public speaking, storytelling, motivation. And if you listen, you can speak out to the nation. If you think about it, life is your own creation. RK3 is the show. He speaks with confidence, he speaks with that flow. And you should already know how it goes. Get rolling with a pro. Hey, everybody, it's the RK3 show. I'm Robert Kennedy III. RK3, that's me. And we're winding this baby down. I know, I know, I know. It's a little bit of a conflicting time for me. I've been really enjoying doing the RK3 show. And so I love that piece of it. And then the wind down, anytime you get to a place where you begin to sunset or move towards the end of life of certain things, it it can be a little sad. It can be a little sad. And so I'm, I'm moving forward here, but I'm also seeing if I can soak up and savor every moment as we move towards episode 100. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, if you've been listening to this show since season one, since episode one, I appreciate you. And I just want to thank you for the support. I want to thank you for the voicemails. I want to thank you for the emails. I want to thank you for sharing For from some of you. I've gotten text messages saying, hey, listen, we love what you're up to. I've gotten emails saying, hey, I'm listening to this episode in the car on my way to work. And I just want to let you know that I appreciate everything that you've done in supporting the RK3 show. As a matter of fact, you probably saw that we had, or you probably heard us play both of the theme songs from both seasons at the beginning just now. And so that was an homage, you know, just paying a little homage to those of you who've been through the iterations of this. And so I want to say it to you again, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And this is not the end. This is just the sunset of this part, but we're going to be going into a new podcast in a few months. And so I want to invite you to be a part of that. That's the What's My Story podcast. And so we'll send you there very shortly. You can go to What's My Story podcast dot live. What's My Story podcast dot live. Well, for the next few episodes, I'm going to be celebrating where we've come from by going through or reminding of some of my favorite episodes of the first two seasons. And I'll just be sharing little clips of statements that my guests have made that really rang true and, and, and hit home with me. And I'm hoping that they hit home with you, too. So my first clip comes from season one, Kevin Cruz, when we were talking a little bit about pivoting and especially over this last year in the business world, especially through this pandemic, pivoting has become this big thing. But we all go through moments in our lives where we think about pivoting. What do we need to do about it? How do we make the pivots and how do we decide whether or not the pivot is worth making? 
Check out what Kevin has to say about pivots. When it's time to either that do a slight pivot or do a total big time pivot. Yeah. So, you know, someone had told me a long time ago that for people who want to do like the author, speaker, coach, consultant thing or whatever, um, they said, pick a dragon to slay and slay it over and over and over and over again. So like pick your one thing that you're going to be great at an expert at that you're going to speak at. And then just, that's all you write about. And so I think that's good advice. Now I don't follow it. So if I was (laughs) talking to somebody who was trying to build their career up in that way, then they should just write leadership books or they should just write productivity books or they should just write whatever their thing is. Now, for me, um, I mean, to engage your employees, that's like a subset of leadership. It's kind of like how to motivate them. But that time secret, the 15 secrets successful people know about time management, I literally had decided, all right, like I care a lot about leadership, but I care about other things too. And I want to have fun. Let me do a different kind of book. And I just asked myself, like, if, if this was going to be my last book, what book would I want to write to give to my kids, you know, so right. like they could learn something from it. And, you know, one of my obsessions is time, time and productivity. And so I just, to me, that was uh, like in the movie business, they say two for them, one for me, meaning, you know, I'll make two cheesy superhero movies for the big mm-hmm. bucks, but then I'm going to go make an indie film where I don't make any money, but it's like art. And 15 Secrets, now this is an interesting thing, that was going to be my art. That was just going to be a passion. Like, that's just a year of my life, I'll just write this book. <laughs> that book outsells all my other books combined. Wow. Um, and so, it's kind of an interesting idea. Like, should we keep slaying the same dragon or should we follow our passion a little bit and see what happens? Wow. Following good advice is important and also Finding passion and love in what you do, that's important too. So make sure that as you think about pivoting, that you consider the joy, the happiness, and the passion. Another one of my favorite guests was Pam Perry because she talked about how sometimes we have a talent or a gift inside of us. There's a story that we're already telling, but because we're looking at everyone else and what they're doing, we don't feel like our story is that important or the thing that we're doing is that important until somebody points it out. And then we realize we've been doing it all along. Check out Pam's story. So tell me a little bit about how you got started in the world of PR in the first place. I think I was a a publicist from birth. I mean, I really, really, I I love promoting positive people, positive publication, positive products. And so I'm a person that if it's something good, I want to share it. So I really started doing PR when actually I was a teenager and I was going to um, a church. Reverend Jordan was my mentor in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a Motown kid of the 60s. So one of the things that we always used to do is that we're a musical family. So his daughter is a child prodigy. I mean, she really was playing the piano since so she was about three. So a wow. lot of times I would let people know her name is Kim Jordan. I would let people know about how wonderful our church is because you got to come and hear this woman, Kim Jordan, play the piano. And right. that really was one of the things she would do gospel plays way before people were really doing uh, these plays and churches and things. And she would do that and we would have talent shows. I didn't have a talent like that. I couldn't sing or play. But one of the things I could do was that I could get people excited and make sure that they would that they would show up. 
So I would wow. help put peeps in the seats. And so one day, Reverend Jordan said to me, he says, girl, he says, you're going to do publicity for Jesus. He's, and I was like, what is that? He says, you don't know what a publicist does? I said, no. He said, that's what you've been doing. Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Guess what? We're on YouTube. If you want to learn more about the techniques and the technologies of storytelling, do me a favor. Head on over to YouTube. Go to youtube.com forward slash Robert Kennedy three. That's youtube.com forward slash Robert Kennedy three. Learn more about how you can deliver the right message in the right way on the right platform. Go on over right now. YouTube.com forward slash Robert Kennedy, the number three. And I'll see you on the channel. Wow. The lesson here sometimes is if you ever feel in doubt about your importance or your value, ask someone else. Now, the next clip comes from a favorite guest of mine, Mark Brown, who, like myself, was born and grown in the island of Jamaica. Mark didn't have much, but he went on to become the world champion of public speaking because he believed he could pivot. He believed he could do this. And he believed in the power of his story, even if it required a last minute change. You know, I I got involved in Toastmasters because my uncle, the late Justice Courtney R. of Kingston, Jamaica, was the very first Toastmaster in Jamaica in 1984. He brought the program there and he, he came to New York one day and saw me and told me about it. And I was very intrigued. Went to Reader's Digest as a computer programmer in 92 and was told there is a Toastmasters club you need to join. Immediate connection. My uncle does that. I'll try that too. I went right. in and I was honestly quite intimidated by the other speakers who were there. Wow. They were that good. But the program allows anyone to excel, excel, excel and to exceed their own expectations. I believe I was a decent communicator. But through the program, I got better. And the contest is six levels back then. A club, area, division, district, region, and then world championships. Right. And in 1994, I entered my contest by accident on two hours' notice as a late sub for somebody else. The wow. lesson is, given a chance to try something new and challenging, say yes. You never know what it can teach you. Mm-hmm. To my surprise, RK3, I took six months of competition, and I ended up in the final in 94 and didn't know what I was doing. I believe wow. I got lucky. But lesson number two, someone approached me and told me I had talent. His name is David Brooks, 1990 world champion. He said, I will mentor you if you would like. I said, wow. yes, thank you. A world champion wanted to help me. He saw potential in me. Lesson number two, people will see in you what you don't see in yourself. Wow. I, I took his help and took six months and six more levels went from club, area, division, district, region, went back to the finals. And I learned something powerful. Lesson number three, here it is. There were nine finalists, only one world champion in 94. Mr. Mm-hmm. Brooks offered his help to seven other people in 94. Of the seven, only one said yes. That was <laughs> Wow. True story. So I go back to the final and I say, okay, I've got to deliver the message of my life. And I worked for six weeks on a particular speech, but in my heart, it didn't feel like it was the best speech I could give. All this while working every single day on my day job as a computer analyst at Reader's Digest in New York. And I wrote David a note. I said, David, this is not my best work. You deserve better. 
my wife deserves better, my family, my audience, and my God deserve my best. This is not it. And through wisdom and guidance, I made a critical decision that people don't normally make. With fewer than three weeks to go, I tossed my speech out, took an old speech I had a year ago, dusted it off, totally reworked it, and finally got it ready the week of the finals. When wow. most contestants have been doing weeks of rehearsals to get ready, I was finalizing my speech. So much so that when I delivered my talk that Saturday morning in San Diego, California, only my coach and my family had actually seen that speech delivered. Wow. Talk about believing in your story and believing in yourself, even when you have to make a shift, even if conventional wisdom says that you have to operate in a certain way and go forward with your speech or your story or your job in the way that others expect you to. Yeah, sometimes you got to make a switch. Let's move to our last clip for this episode. Sometimes it's not just about the conversation or the relationship with yourself. It's about the communication and the relationship that you have with others. And your story comes about by how intentional you are with your relationships with others. Let's listen to my guest, Rob Holman, talk about that just a bit. What is an authentic yeah. relationship as opposed to something else that's, you know, not? Well, it's a great question. I, I'm just going to be totally blunt. I, I think that the average person is, is uh, way too surfacy in how they communicate with another. I think we keep things on surface without even realizing it. You know, it's almost like putting on your Sunday best. I, I, honestly, you, at the end of the day, I think people in working professionals, in influential leadership roles, they put more of the professional aspect than the personal. The, the professional leads the way. And I'm here to say, uh-uh. if you want healthy, vibrant relationships where trust is built and fostered, wow. I believe you've got to start with the person first. And then you begin to enter into the profession. Uh, it's just like you, 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 you're interested in people. What makes you tick? What makes you come alive? What are your gifts? What are you, what's your story? Yeah. And I find that we just bypass that. We don't even, we kind of ignore it in the workplace and in life. Because if we begin to go down that road, uh, it can be for some a bit of a vulnerable, vulnerable place to be. Yeah. And yeah. You know, we have hurts and pains. Let's be honest. People have hurts and pains from their past, the times that they felt judged or po- times that they felt like people didn't understand me. And so there's a reluctancy or a willingness, even if people believe they should go there. Many times they choose not to go there because the risk involved in the process. So I'm a huge cheerleader and become a huge advocate to encourage people and leaders to be real. Treat uh, people in the workplace as human beings first and getting to know them, what makes their heart beat, what makes their mind truly think, their life journey, their milestones, milestone markers along the way so that it makes their profession come even that much more alive. Yeah, be real, be authentic, be who you are with people and allow them to be who they are as well. Allow them to tell their stories. And the way that you allow them to do that quite often is by you showing a little bit of vulnerability and telling your own as well. Listen, I've loved these guests and the energy that they brought to these episodes. I'd almost forgotten about them because they were all the way back in season one. Yeah. (laughs) 2020 made this seem so far ago or so long ago. 
Anyway, listen, this was part one. I'm going to come back in episode 97 with four more clips of fabulous guests who brought amazing knowledge, dropped some gems and brought some value. Make sure that you come on back and listen to part two of the season one recap of the RK3 show. I'll see you soon. But in the meantime, remember everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy, the third, and you've been listening to the RK3.